We are uh, into the third week of our Transformed series. If you've not been with us, um, then we are looking at uh, being transformed by God. We're looking at being transformed by God, by God's power. We talked the uh, first week about four different ways that we can be transformed. God directly intervening in our lives and transforming us being filled with the Holy Spirit, which then brings God's transforming power. And then on the back of that, that there are um, being in a community, a church community, to uh, encourage and challenge and spur us on to develop and grow and be transformed. And we talked about being actively and deliberately submitted to God. So we talked about those four different ways of being transformed. And we looked at being transformed spiritually, uh, in our, he- our spiritual health, in our physical health, and this morning we're looking at being transformed in our mental health. Now, uh, I want to make a distinction as we begin. I'm not talking about mental health in a clinical sense. Um, I'm not talking specifically about issues like depression or anxiety or bipolar. I'm not talking about those things specifically, but we are talking about mental health in the general sense in that Everyone has a mind, and their mind needs to be healthy. So we're talking about being mentally healthy. Uh, and so if you do have one of those uh, conditions, if you, or if you have a mental health issue, uh, then this obviously will be appropriate for you in the same way that uh, if you had a particular physical issue, speaking about physical health would have been particularly appropriate to you. But we all need to be mentally healthy. And we're not going to be able to cover all of the the content that we need to for this morning. So I'd encourage you to go to the uh, King's Church Harrow website uh, and look for the Battle for the Mind talks, that a, sem- a seminar a day with uh, Dave Holden that took place a, a few months ago, uh, maybe even longer than that now. But he did a whole day on the Battle for the Mind. So I'd, inc- I'd commend that to you, encourage you to, to go and listen to that as excellent. And it will build on what is shared this morning and what we look at this this week. So this is not a special message for those with mental health issues. It's for everyone. Okay, I just want to make that clear. Uh, and I'm not pretending to be a clinical psychiatrist or psychologist. I'm teaching you what the Bible says about your mind, not what medical doctors uh, can tell you and prescribe you medication. If you ask me for a prescription, I'll tell you to read your Bible. Um, but we want to be involved with those things as well. We don't, we, as Andy said, we don't dismiss medicine. We embrace that as God's grace to us. And this week, we're going to be looking at the five, in groups at the five habits of a healthy mind. What are the five habits that we can cultivate in our lives to maintain a healthy mind? But this morning, I want to lay a foundation for that by encouraging us to make three decisions about our mind. But why is it important that we're transformed in our mental health? Well, we looked in the first week at how we think influences how we act. And how we act, we then said, the things that you do create habits. Andy talked about that last week. And then habits create your character and the culture that you're living in. That's true for both good and bad things. So how you think about things influences how you act. Our minds are the battleground for sin. When we sin, when we've sinned, when we've done something wrong that's against God's will, 
the problem is in our mind. That's where the, the initial battle has happened, where we've initially lost. When temptations enter our minds, it's how we deal with those thoughts that determines whether temptation becomes sin or not. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. But how we deal with that temptation determines whether oh, temptation, I've given into it, it's become sin. How we think determines how we act. Our mind is the battleground for sin. And because spirit, uh, mental health is the key to experiencing the peace and life that followers of Jesus should enjoy. Andy explained that well last week when he talked about aligning ourselves with what God's instruction is, what God's intention is for our lives, and we see how acting differently, thinking about things differently and then acting on those thoughts can change a life of worry and anxiety to one of peace and celebration. It's a key experiencing peace and life that followers of Jesus should enjoy. So if your everyday experience is not marked by enjoying peace and life and being able to celebrate in, in Jesus, celebrate the freedom that he's won for you, if you ever find it difficult to battle against temptation, if you ever think, oh, I've, I've given in to temptation, if you ever feel you aren't able to change habits or you seem stuck in a particular way of life, well, I, just can't, I can't stop doing that thing, I, Whatever it is, if any of that resonates with you, if you've ever given into temptation, if you don't ever, um, if you don't feel like your life is marked by life and joy and celebration in Jesus, if you seem to be stuck in destructive habits or patterns of life, then this morning is for you, which I hope, so that I don't feel terrible about myself. That's most of us in the room. So our main verse for this week, and in fact the whole series, it's on the front of your transformed manual, uh, is Romans 12, verse 2. And I'll, I want to read that to us. I should have had it marked, really. Romans 12, verse 2. And it says this. This is from the ESV version. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The New Living Translation says uh, this. Verse 2 reads like this. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now, this is a verse that is written to Christians. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I appeal to you, therefore. So if you're not a Christian, then some of this stuff that I speak about this morning might not actually apply to you. There might be some habits or things that are helpful. But this is written to Christians. It's saying... Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, which is a thing that happens in part by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us as we get saved and our minds are transformed. When we become Christians, when we get saved, when we're born again, there's some things that happen immediately. Immediately you go, as Jimmy said, from being dead to being alive spiritually. You were dead, now you're alive. You were a sinner and now 
you're not, you're a saint. Your, your status has been transferred. There's things that happen immediately. Immediately, you're transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Now, there's some things that are in the Christian life which don't happen immediately at the moment that you get saved. And one of those things is the renewal of the mind. Now, it happens to a certain degree, but unless we engage with God, unless we actively submit to his will, you can allow your mind to stay unrenewed for a prolonged period of time. If we submit to God, if we say, I'm going to do the things that we talk about this morning, our minds will be renewed. And by the renewing of our minds, our lives will be transformed. It's a process that happens. It's like taking ground in a, a battle. It's, it's sort of step by step, yard by yard, advancing down the field, advancing in the battle. And I want to encourage you with what it says at the end of this verse. It says... Um, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You can know the will of God. You can know the will of God. So when, when you're looking at a situation, you can think, is this the will of God? Well, I'm not sure. But I know that if I test this situation, I can, uh, and as I've grown in my faith, I can, is this good? Is it acceptable? Is this, is this the will of God? You can know the will of God for your life. So this week in Explore Groups, we're going to be looking at the five habits of a healthy mind. This morning, we're going to look at three foundational choices for a healthy mind. So three things we must do. We must... Oh, I'm behind. This is the wrong, uh, wrong thing. So we won't look at this. That's fine. Um, that's my fault. I put it on there wrong. We must feed our minds with truth. We must free our minds from destructive thoughts and we must focus our minds on the right things. If you want to have a healthy body that functions correctly, you need to put good food in it. If you put junk food in your body all the time, it's not going to run as efficiently as it should do. Uh, when I was uh, a younger guy, I, a friend lent me his car. He put me on the insurance. He lent me his car and I borrowed it and I thought, oh, I'll be nice. I'll fill it up again. I couldn't remember at the petrol station whether it took diesel or petrol. And I put the wrong fuel in the car. Um, I, was, I was sat at the pump and I was like, oh this, is, oh, this isn't right. Of course, it's the other one. Moved round, put the other fuel in and couldn't get off the forecourt because I got to the edge and, it, and whichever way round, I can't remember exactly. Um, it was the good way that the engine can be drained and then it can be refilled and it was okay. Um, but still, it was pretty embarrassing, and uh, around that person, they would offer, if I made them a cup of tea, they'd go, did you, I asked for sugar, did you put salt in by mistake, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you need to put the right fuel in your mind if you want your mind to function effectively. Jesus, when he was tempted after fasting, says this, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to be putting the right fuel in our minds all the time. In the Psalms, David regularly talks about rising early and meditating on the Word of God, thinking about the Word of God. 
Psalm 119 verses, uh, verse 147 says, I rise early to cry out for help to God, to pray and to put my hope in your words. I rise early and I pray to you and I read your words. Psalm 119 verse 97, David says this, Lord, I love, or the psalmist says this, Lord, I, how I love your word, I think about it all day long. And then at night, Psalm 16 says this, verse 7, even in the darkest of night, your teachings fill my mind. Is that true of us? Do, it's God's teachings fill our mind in the darkest of night. When you're kept up at night by that stressful situation or by that problem, is your mind thinking about the word of God? Or are you thinking, oh, how am I going to solve this problem? There's not enough money this month. How am I going to... How am I going to cope with that? When we wake up in the morning, Andy challenged us last week about starting the day with thankfulness and praising God. We want to begin the day with hope in God's word, don't we? That this might be a good day rather than, oh my goodness, another day to try and get through. We want to begin with hope. If we talked in our vision about being a church of 250 that's giving hope to 5,000. If we don't have hope for ourselves, how are we going to give it to anyone else? David, in his life, who wrote many of the Psalms, was like this. He was serious about it. He fed himself truth. In Psalm 119, he says this in the New Living Translation, When wicked people hide to ambush and kill me, I quietly keep my mind on your decrees. Decrees is another term for the Word of God, the Bible. And he didn't even have the advantage of having the New Testament. He's, you know, he's only got a few bits to go on. He's writing some of it himself. I better write myself some more Bible so that I've got something to feed myself with. Even in difficult times, he quietly kept his mind on God's decrees. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, he responds with the word of God. He doesn't say, I'm going to resist you by the sheer force of my will, Satan. He responds with the word of God. We need to be feeding our minds with the truth. So that's the first foundation for a healthy mind. Second foundation is we must free our mind from destructive thoughts. You can decide, albeit I want to be sensitive to those who have clinical issues, but for the most part we can decide what we're thinking about. You've got a choice to indulge those thoughts or resist them. Destructive thoughts are any thoughts that don't agree with the truth of God's word that we're feeding to ourselves. Like Pauline was sharing about, you know, look at, your, look at yourself. I think some, some people, they look at themselves and they think, oh, I'm so horrible. A bit too much of me here around this section. Not enough there. Oh, I wish, you know, my nose looked a bit different or my eyes were a different color or whatever it is. Those thoughts don't line up with someone who looks at themselves and says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how God views you when he looks at you. We need to be freed from those destructive thoughts. And there are three enemies that will fight against you to try and stop you from being free. The first is our old nature. 
Romans 8.5 says, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. It doesn't please God when you look at yourself and you think, oh, I'm just, I'm horrible. Because God's looking at you going, if you're a parent and your child said to you, I, I genuinely, I just think that I'm disgusting. Like that would break my heart if my, one of my daughters said that. Because they're not, they're, they're amazing. And it's not just because they're my daughters, because they're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's why we love babies, don't we? Most people, in, you know, oh, it's amazing. Look at their tiny little hands. You know, it, it's amazing. A human body is amazing. Our old nature tries to keep us thinking sinfully and focused on sinful things. Our second enemy is Satan, who uses suggestion and phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) Who uses suggestion. He's continually, constantly. We're, We're in a battle. We talked about this a while ago. We talked about fighting the good fight. As soon as you wake up, and sometimes even before you've woken up, you've been disturbed in the night, As soon as you wake up, you're being attacked. You need to be aware of this. Oh, another day. What's the first thing that pops into your mind? Is it, oh, that that verse that I've been trying to memorize. I'm going to see if I can get it. Oh, I can't quite get it. Oh, and then instantly attack. Oh, of course you can't get it. You're stupid. You, You haven't tried hard enough. God must be so disappointed in you. You can't even remember one verse. How are you ever going to memorize that chapter that you said you were going to try and memorize? Everyone's going to look at you and think that you're a failure. Obviously, that's one example. But instantly, first, first moment of the day, we're under attack. You need to know that. We need to know that Satan's there to bring us down, encourage us in the wrong things. Go on, it'll be okay. You, just this once will be all right. Oh, it's only, it's only a little bit of flirtation. It will make you feel better about yourself. You've worked really hard. You've, you've done a great job. An extra bit of that food that you're trying to resist, that'll be okay. Don't worry. You deserve it. How dare they? You should be angry about that. They were definitely in the wrong. He's continually sowing seeds to try and get one of them to take root. The analogy that's often used, uh, I think it was uh, Luther, said that you can't stop the birds from circling your hair, but you can stop them from making a nest. There's going to be circling around your head these sort of thoughts of, oh, you should be angry. Brush it away. Don't make a nest. Don't let it make a nest in your hair, even if your hair does look like a bird's <laughs> nest, um, which is what my mum always used to say to us uh, as children, which was her fault because she liked our hair to be a particular way or something, I don't know. Speak to my sister about it. Um, she had short hair and all the boys had long hair. I'm not sure what was going on. Um, anyway, the first enemy is our old nature. The second is Satan. The third is the world's values. Let me just open your eyes to this if you didn't know. Nothing in the world, other than probably the people in this room and the people who are doing similar things this morning, are going to encourage you to follow God. It's not going to happen. When you turn on the BBC or Sky or whatever TV package you've got, 
the adverts that are going to be there, are not, there's not going to be an advert that comes on unless someone's really invested some money that says, follow God more closely. Be encouraged. You're not thin enough. You're not clever enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not earning enough money. You don't smell nice enough. You need to rub this stuff all over you and then you'll be appealing to people. The world's value is constantly promoted. These are the people you should be like. They're great. Oh, they don't really like each other or their marriage is terrible. They never, sit, never take care of their children. But these are the people that you should be like. These are the heroes that are promoted. Nothing around you will encourage you to be more disciplined in your walk with God. So how do we fight this battle? This battle for the mind? Well, again, I'd encourage you to go to uh, the King's Harrow website. We'll post the link on Facebook later um, to listen to those talks. It's it's a, a good chunk of teaching. You can listen to it on your commute to and from. Um, but we need to feed our minds with truth. We need to be actively asking the Holy Spirit to fill us again and again, and we need to be actively submitted to God and seeking help from our brothers and sisters. You know, instead of, oh, I couldn't quite remember the whole chapter. If someone says to me, oh, I've been learning Romans 8 and I can get halfway through, I'll be like, that's amazing, great. Fantastic. Let's, let's, why don't we try and do it together and we can do the whole thing? We can encourage one another. I've got some stuff I'm going to leave out, but you, as I say, you can pick up uh, some more stuff in that Battle for the Mind seminars. We need to feed our minds with the truth. We need to free our minds from destructive thoughts. And we need to focus our minds on the right things. We don't free our minds so that they just wander aimlessly and we end up with a blank slate face and drool coming down our chins. It's not free your mind so that you're completely void of anything. It's free your mind so that you can focus it on the right things. We battle against these enemies so that we can actively fix our mind on the right things which are far more important. Philippians 4, 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is, any, if there is in any, anything excellent, excuse me, if there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things, true, lovely, pure, just, honorable, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think about these things. If only there was a person who fulfilled all of that criteria that we could think about. There is a person, Jesus Christ. Not exclusively him to think about, but focus our mind on those things. I think there are three key things that would help us. If we focused on these things, we'd be doing well. If we thought about Jesus, how often, how, how often do you think about him? And what's true, not what's controversial? I know I'm interested in theology. I like looking into things and going, oh, what, they believe that. And they believe, oh, how, what, what, who's right there? What? So it, those things can be interesting, 
But what do we know for certain about Jesus? Think about those things. Don't think about things that are necessarily, don't always think about things that are going to muddy your mind. Think about the things that we know. Oh, we know he was the son of God. We know he lived a sinless life. We know he rose from the dead. Hebrews 12 says, Consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. Think about Jesus. He, he was coming to save the world and they opposed him. At every step he was opposed. And yet... He went through. He made it through. It should encourage us. It should spur us on. Think about others. Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I've talked about this idea before, that if I'm looking out for me, and you're looking out for you, that's one person looking out for me. If I'm looking out for all of your interests, and you're all looking out for my interests, I've got 100-odd people looking out for me. It's, I'm much better off inviting you. If I'm looking out for you and you're looking out for me, we're much better off. Think about others. Our lives would be transformed if we all thought of each other first. And think about eternity. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your mind on uh, things above, not on earthly things. Again, we've talked before about people who are they're, they're thinking about eternity. They're thinking about what's to come. And when we start thinking about that, we think about, well, I know where I'm going to be, but what about other people? And there's a an evangelistic thing that gets stirred up. We want to see people saved. Not, we want to see people not go to hell because that's awful. And we want to see people being with God, to be with God for eternity because that's so amazing. It's too good for just us. If we want to win the battle for our minds, we must feed our minds with truth. We must use that truth to free our minds from destructive thoughts and we must focus our minds on the right things. So important we get this right. There's several reasons. Jesus, Jesus won freedom for us in all areas of life. It's not like he said, you can be free from sin, but mentally you're always going to have anguish. You can be free emotionally, but mentally you're always going to have anguish. He didn't say that. He sets us free, free indeed. And now, more than ever, right now, 2017, more than ever, the world needs healthy-minded people. If you are interested, you can look into how common mental health issues are now. Now, I'm not talking specifically about those, but there's a general trend that people are unhealthy mentally. Not clinical issues, but just in a general trend. On the Mind uh, UK website, it says the, the proportion of people with mental health issues is roughly the same. But what has exploded is people don't know how to cope with anxiety and stresses and difficult situations in their life. They don't, they just, it's not 
It's not being taught at home. It's not being taught in school. The world needs Christians who have got their minds supported by God, have got healthy minds that can go, you want a healthy mind? You want to be able to, in the day of trouble, when there's, you know, you're walking the darkest path, you want to be able to go, but I'm still joyful. You want that? Well, there's only one way you can get it. His name's Jesus. Imagine, just imagine for a minute, a church family where everyone was focused on the right things. Everyone was thinking about each other first. Imagine just for a minute what that would be like, what that would communicate to the community out there, the community around you. This is a lifelong battle. So I want to ask you this morning, which of these three areas do you most need to work on right now? Do you need to most work on feeding your mind, freeing your mind, or focusing your mind? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that when you won that victory, when you defeated the powers of the enemy, that that was a complete victory and that we live in that victory and now we need to walk into that. We need to take steps to live in that, to actively submit ourselves to you to ask for more of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you've been here this morning. I think that you're always with us, but you've been here tangibly this morning. We pray, Lord, we would experience more of you as we gather together and as we go into our, our daily lives, that we would experience the closeness of the Holy Spirit there, that we would feed our minds on your truth, Lord, that we would perhaps carry a verse round with us in our mind or perhaps literally uh, on a piece of paper that, oh, I'm feeling a bit agitated i'll get it out of my pocket lord i pray whatever it is that we would feed our minds on your truth all day long all day long and that we would be free we would fight the battle of the mind to be free in order to focus on the right things to focus on you to focus on one another to focus on eternity and all that that means lord so i pray you'd come and fill us again with your holy spirit Let us, experiencing the, let us experience the renewal of the mind that we might be transformed. I pray, Lord Jesus, all this in your name.